I um and don't take me wrong, I'm not one of those people that think to myself that, oh, you know, you can't speak ill of the dead that might come back and haunt you, or whatever it is people have in their minds, where um, their speech with regards to the dead is concerned. All I know is that I bowed about to myself and I said, I'll never speak ill of my elite partner, um, obviously for personal reasons, but if... You don't mind my mentioning it today here. And I don't know if I'll even ever have this published because um, it's uncharacteristic or it's not something that I probably want to put out there. But he did not leave me an inheritance in spite of him being a billionaire. Not a millionaire, a billionaire. Um, granted, by the time I got together with him, he'd been married twice as far as I know and divorced um but then of course I think had lots of other relationships uh you know with uh children being a result of them and so if you think about it in the traditional sense I remember even his obituary said he was wife to this one and he was wife to that one and he was wife to the other one among others I, I don't remember if that was the exact uh, um wording but, you know, it was something to that effect. Anyway, he he didn't leave me an inheritance. Um, and whatever his reasons were, obviously I have no idea. We, we, we had had a really difficult time before he passed on in the last, I would say, four to six months before he passed on uh, to the point of estrangement. Um, but that would not have negated... I mean, four or six months would not have negated uh, the 16 years that we had been together. And so um, I, I remembered even at his uh, passing, my siblings were like, oh, you know, what's going to happen to you? And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. And they said, but, you know, you have to, maybe you need to, you know, um, stake your claim or whatever. And I said, I mean, that's totally unnecessary. I, I'm still working. I've got a job of my own. I've got my own income. Um, I don't see that that's a necessity. And even for my uncle, actually, because I, I might have mentioned that when he passed on, he was he actually died in my uncle's arms. My uncle being my mother's most senior brother. Um, and I remember my uncle saying to me that that afternoon or that evening after he passed on and was still in the hospital, trying to figure out what we needed to do and whatever. And he said to me, do you want to go back to the house and, you know, pick up whatever belongs to you? And I said, no. And he asked me why. I said, because I have no interest in going back to that house or picking up anything that lived there. And I especially have no interest in meeting up with relatives and family and, you know, I mean, you, you you know how this thing sometimes goes. It's usually at someone's bereavement, it's not like the best time to be chummy-chummy and buddy-buddy. We were not ever legally married. Yes, they knew that I was in his life and that I was there for all those years. But, you know, still there was... I, I knew there was a lot of lack of acceptance. Um, we There was a huge age difference. He was, he was 24 years older than I was. Um, and I've told you about his... Um, history before and the children that he had so 
I always felt that I was an outsider. I never belonged in that homestead. I can never say that, you know, I was established there in spite of, you know, being uh, up country all the time and being there while he was building and being there while he was doing everything that, you know, he, he needed to do and wanted to do and ended up doing, I still never felt a sense of kinship. And when uh, he passed on, there, there was a, a part of me that thought, even before he passed on, actually, there was the, we had had these discussions, of course, around the fact, because I, I should have mentioned, or rather I did, I must have mentioned that he, uh, he died suddenly, yes, but he was not in the best of health for um, the last three years of his existence. And we'd sometimes talk about, um, you know, what would happen after his passing. And it wasn't a conversation that was conclusive, I must say. It was sort of like scheming over things because you know how it is sometimes in our African setup. People don't actually want to get into the nitty gritty of what's going to happen when you die because there's a part of us that does not believe that we're going to die. We think dying is for everybody else, but the reality is that it's for each and every one of us. And, you know, I'd sometimes say to him, I know you're not going to make any provision for me even if you're no longer here. And he'd be like, oh, you're so wrong about that. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what we are planning. But the reality of it is that it was always about planning. It was about we will, we shall, sometime in the future. This is the way it's going to be. But nothing ever ended up being concrete so that at the time he was passing on, I could not say that I had any idea about what was to be expected, about what his last wishes would be, about, you know, anything. In any case, I would not even have had any say because, of course, the family swooped in and um, took over everything, um, which was okay by me. I mean, he'd always say that at the end of the day, that's why you have family, because they're going to bury you. But the other side of it is that, yes, your family is going to bury you because they have a sense of obligation uh, to bury you. Uh, as to what their motives are after the sense of obligation bit is a whole other story. I, I I have mentioned to my brother before that, oh, you know, I've never made plans for what's going to happen when I pass on. And he said, and why should you? I'm probably the one that's going to bury you if you pass on before me. So why do you need to be concerned about that? I mean, you make your plans and whatever, but don't agonize about it because at the end of the day, whether you have a plan in place or you do not, I'm the one that's going to possibly bury you and that was so comforting by the way you know um and it's comforting because it's true um and you know when 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 you realize that i find that um even though i have you know the offspring is there and i'm trying to make provision for him uh for when i'm no longer there i just wonder to myself will my wishes be affected will i be saying, I don't know, on a wheel or whatever, this I leave everything to the offspring and then, uh, I don't know, my siblings or somebody who feels that they have a right to whatever I was able to put together in this life come up and say, no, we are contesting this will, so we're going to go to court. And then, you know, you don't know if court's going to take um, a month or a year or 50 years or a century. I mean, you, 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 you've had some of these stories of... Um, property feuds, of course, when people have passed on uh, and people contesting wills that they really should not be. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. And 
there's a part of me that sometimes thinks to myself, I'm not going to be here anyway. So does it really matter what it is that I see? Does it really matter what plans I put in place for my child? Because I don't know if, if, if somebody is going to come and say, no, we feel we have more of a right. And, you know, after all, the offspring is not um, able to um, adequately execute the will in and of himself. So he's got to have a guardian and, you know, the, yeah, well, whatever. I know I'm being very vague in trying to explain that, but that's not a conversation I think I want to have today. Um, and so I began to understand to an extent that it was probably the same for him, that he thought things would just take care of themselves and he didn't need to... Yeah, I'm watching James Bond. And he didn't need to, um, you know, put things down concretely. Um, yeah, but um, the problem with not also doing that, you have a sort of fatalistic attitude where you're then saying, it doesn't matter what happens. And, you know, I think to myself, I work so hard for my money. I do everything that I can to ensure that my child has a stable and good living at this point that do I just want to throw my hands up in the air and say you know when I'm dead I don't care what happens and yet I, I, I recognize there's a there's a bit of that in me uh, horrible as it is to say that you then think to yourself but I'm not going to be here so it doesn't matter what happens he'll just have to find his way and I, I think that's that's a lot of us and that was probably um, my partner as well that you know he thought to himself, I mean, what does it matter if I'm not here? Whether the the family is the one that ends up with everything or whether she ends up with everything or whether nobody ends up with anything or whether it's going to be a battle in court for the next uh, 50 years, he's not going to be here. So he doesn't care. <sighs> well, mm, do I feel, do I feel bad about it a little bit? Um, because, yes, there was the opportunity that he had and the chance to make my life a little bit easier when he was no longer here. And and as sometimes I wonder, did, did things change because of the difficulties we had in the last couple of months of his life? Did he then say to his lawyer, even if she was part of the will, I now don't want her to be a part of it? Or was I never a part of any will to begin with. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't. And I can't lay claim to having any insights where that is concerned. Um, but you know, the best part is, is, is if you're able to let go and say then that this may not have worked out in the way that I intended or hoped or imagined that it would. But it's not something to bind me up for the rest of my life. It's not something then to say, Oh, how could he do this? Oh, how horrible. Oh, let me badmouth him for the rest of my life. And this is why I said what I said at the beginning. I always had that intention. Maybe not always, but for the most part since his passing, I've had that intention and that desire not to make him out to be a bad guy because he wasn't. Um, even if he was <laughs> covertly, um, overtly, I'd never... I mean, I, I, did, I did see some things that maybe were, you know, a little bit off. But for the most part, he made me happy. And that's what I'd like to remember. 
I like to remember good times and um, a life that I look back on with uh, mostly happiness, mostly. It was happy, it was comfortable, it was a lot of things that I imagined it should be. And he was a lot of things that I imagined a partner should be. (sighs) Yeah, I don't think I want to go on with this. Bye.